Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. This is the last week of our series called Freedom, but we're going to continue studying uh, Galatians chapter 5. Uh, but the next section of chapter 5, you guys see on the Bible has like these little uh, titles on the top there. Mine says the spirit versus the flesh. We're going to be talking about the fruits of the spirit. That's what we're going to start talking about next week. And, and basically, I'll explain it a little bit more uh, next week. But it's all about, you know, when you when you made a decision to follow Jesus, there's some very real implications on how you live your life. The Holy Spirit begins to change the way you live your life. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week. But we're going to finish up talking about this freedom in Christ. If you guys have it there, Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. Cody, why don't you do me a favor? You want to read those few verses for us there all alone? For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, to serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. All right. Talking about freedom in Christ. How many of you guys have a driver's license? Raise your hand if you have a driver's license. Okay, do you remember when you first got your driver's license? Do you remember that experience? Now, if you don't, if you don't drive and you don't have a license, just hang in there. I'm going to describe you my experience. Because I remember, uh, I got it later on in life. I didn't get it, you know, first thing, like in high school. I, I got it after I got married. But I remember, man, when I have my license, I am going to be free. And I'm going to be able to go anywhere I want. If I want to drive to the moon, I'm going to drive to the moon. Because I got my license and I have a license that can take me anywhere that I want. I really thought I had all the freedom in the world. So, uh, so I just finished saying, you know, who has their driver's license? You just mentioned your car. So I remember when I got my driver's license, you know, I, I said to myself, man, I have freedom now. I, I can go wherever I want. If I want to drive to the moon... You know, I'm going to go there because I'm free to get, you know, my license. I, 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 I can do anything. I'm unstoppable, right, with my license. Of course, now as I've gotten older, guys, I got to be honest with you, I dread driving. I hate it. I hate it because I just know I'm going to die. One day I'm going to die because, you know, of another car, an accident. So, oh, I'm going to kill somebody because people are dumb, you know. They're just dumb walking the street, crossing. So I hate it now as I've gotten older. And now, like, I... I'd rather walk, you know, two miles or three miles if I have to, than to get in the car. It's, it's ironic, you know, when I was younger, it's like, man, I can go anywhere I want, I can drive anywhere. Now I'm like, I don't want to do it. But freedom, freedom from the license does not mean that I can do whatever I want, even though that was my perception, right? When you get a license, you have a license to drive, but there's parameters, right? There's rules, there's stop signs, there's red lights. You got to yield to pedestrians. Now, I know what you're thinking, Danny and Bushwick. Nobody does any of that. Nobody read the book. Nobody read the book. But they're supposed to, right? There's these guidelines, and the guidelines are meant to protect us. So you have freedom. When you have your license, that says you, you are free to drive. But there's these certain limitations. There's these certain there's rules. And, and I'm free to disobey the rules, aren't I? If I want to eat the red light, I can eat the red light. If I want to go past the stop sign, I can. But there's very real consequences. I can harm myself. I can harm somebody else. So I have the freedom. I can, I can go and drive wherever I want. But if I disobey the rules, if I, go, if I surpass the limitations, I abuse my freedom. 
and, and, I, and I can hurt somebody else. I can hurt myself. I can hurt the passengers and the car with me. And basically, this was the argument that the Judaizers were making in, in this letter. They were telling Paul, you know, Paul, you've been teaching this message about that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But if you just tell people that they're free in Christ and you don't give them the law, then people are going to do whatever they want. They're going to think that they have a license to live however they want. This was the argument that they were making the Judaizers, the religious people, to Paul. If you teach salvation from grace, then people will live however they want. So Paul is going to address that today. And he's going to teach us in these few verses, why do we have freedom? What is our freedom for? So the past two weeks, we've been talking about the freedom we have in Christ. What is that freedom for? Or who is it for? That's what he's going to answer today. Okay? That's what he's talking about today. So the first thing that we see in verse 13 is that our freedom is not to indulge in the flesh. Look at that verse again, guys. Verse 13. For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. But don't use this freedom as an opportunity for what? For the flesh. Don't use this opportunity... Don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Now, we're, we're a small group here, so you guys can talk to me. To the best of your knowledge. Good morning. Hola, buenos días. ¿Cómo está? ¿Tenemos aquí? Yeah, mira. No se preocupe. Hay asiento donde quiera. Aquí al lado de Margie también. So, this freedom is not to indulge in the flesh. We're a small group here. You guys tell me, what do you guys think that means? What, is, what does it mean to give an opportunity in the flesh or to indulge in the flesh? What is he talking about there? You guys can talk back. What is that about? What is, he, what, what is the flesh? What, is that, what does that mean? What is that about? Our sinful desires, right? So Paul, essentially what he's saying here is that the, the flesh represents all our sinful desires, all our sinful wants. So he's talking about this, this flesh that we have, desires and longs for everything that is sinful and everything that is wrong. And what Paul is saying is that you have freedom in Christ, but that freedom in Christ is not to cease every opportunity in the flesh, every sinful desire. That's not what that means. In other words, that was a direct argument against the religious people, what they were saying. Oh, if you preach freedom, then people will do whatever they want. If you preach that you're saved by grace and you don't have to get circumcised, remember that was, that was what they were arguing, or you don't have to keep the law, or you don't have to do X, Y, Z, then, then people are going to think that you can do whatever. And Paul is saying, no, no, that freedom is not so that you can gratify the desires of your flesh, just so that you can do whatever you want. Our freedom, the freedom that we have in Christ is not to indulge or to satisfy or to give into the desires of our flesh. Right. So we don't say I have freedom, like what I said, by my license. I got freedom. I can drive to the moon. Well, then you can't drive to the moon. Right. There's no highway that takes you there. Right. You don't have the freedom to do whatever. You right. Right. How it happened. There, there's none there. Right. In the car, you can't get there driving. Right. So so it, this freedom that we have in Christ does not mean that you can do whatever that you want. That's not what that means. In fact, uh, you can make the argument that. For, for somebody to say, uh, I've experienced the freedom in Christ uh, and Jesus saved me and it's not by works, it's not by what I do. So 
let me go party like it's 1999, right? And live it up and drink it up and smoke it up and, and sleep around and do whatever I want. You can make the argument that someone who would say that or live that out perhaps hasn't truly experienced the freedom of Christ, right? Because if we've truly experienced the freedom of Christ, then your desire should be less and less the, the, what the what this sinful flesh wants and more of what God wants, you know, for you. So we can make that argument. So if, if the freedom that we have in Christ is not for our sinful desires, is not to serve us, then who is it for? Now this is interesting, the, the spin that Paul puts on it here. This is actually the second thing. And we're going to reread that verse, verse 13. Paul says that our freedom should be used to serve. Our freedom should be used to serve. Isn't that interesting? Freedom should be used to serve. Look at verse 13. It says, For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but what? What does it say? Read it out loud. But serve one another through love. Interesting. So don't use your freedom to serve yourself. But use your freedom to serve who? To serve others. And it's so interesting because selfishly, we always tend to desire, if we have freedom, we can do what we want with our freedom to ourselves. We're very self-serving, right? But he's saying, no, we don't use that to serve ourselves. We use our freedom to serve others. Now, I know you guys didn't come here to get a Greek lesson, but I'm going to give you one anyway. Because that word uh, that's translated serve in the original language, uh, I'm going to butcher this is do you, do you all. And what that word literally means, what it literally translates to, the word serve means to be a slave, to be a servant. So get this. Paul is saying in the original language, he's saying, don't use your freedom for yourself. Use your freedom to be a slave for somebody else. Isn't that interesting? Don't use your freedom for yourself. Use your freedom to serve others. To serve others. And Paul says that as followers of Christ, we have freedom. And you have the freedom to surrender your freedom to serve your brother. And to serve your sister. Can you guys imagine what life might be like if we all used our freedom to serve one another? It would be a better world. Wouldn't it? Okay. How about this? How many of you saw the debate? Can you, okay, can you imagine? That was, that was hard to watch. It was hard. It was painful. It was painful. What if, what if our two presidential candidates used their freedom to serve each other? How different would have the debate been? Maybe it would have been like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I interrupted. You can finish your point. Oh, I understand what you said. Let me clarify. Can you, it would have been a whole different conversation. That's a, precisely, precisely. Can you imagine how different the debate would have been? Just trying to give you guys a real world example. It would have been different if they used this self-serving. I mean, not self-serving, but serving others, putting others before themselves, giving up this freedom. Now, I know perhaps you're thinking to yourself, Danny, well, why would we do that? Well, we would do that because we have the perfect model. The perfect person to show us this. In fact, elsewhere in the Bible, it says that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve 
and to give his life as a ransom for others is what the Bible teaches about Jesus. And Jesus is the perfect model, the perfect example of what it means to put others' needs before their own. Jesus lived the perfect and sinless life, the life that you and I could not live. And his entire life, his entire ministry was about serving others. He served others through, uh, through miracles. He served others by healing the sick, by uh, making the mute man talk or, or the deaf person hear, uh, raising the dead. And he ultimately served us by dying on the cross of Calvary. And the Bible says that we deserve punishment and we deserve God's wrath. And Jesus served us by absorbing the wrath of God upon himself for us. And we have the perfect model of service from Jesus. Jesus did it for you. Jesus did it for me. He did it for us. So that he showed us, he modeled for us what it means to serve. And here's the last part. Number three is this. Our freedom should be used to love. Our freedom should be used to love. Uh, let's read verse 14 and 15. Oh, wait, the wind blew my Bible. Yeah, so we should be reading uh, Ephesians then. Okay, so if he, uh, Galatians 5, 14 and 15. For the whole law, remember Paul is a, they're saying the law is this, the law is this. And Paul says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. And what is that statement? Read it out loud, guys. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will be consumed by one another. The entire law. Here you go. It's okay. The religious leaders argued that we are saved by grace through Jesus Christ, but you also must fulfill the law. And the one law that they hinged their argument on was for the fellas, you have to be circumcised to be a Christian. And Paul says, no, no, no. The whole law is summed up in one phrase. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to fulfill the law, you keep that one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. And there's one distinctive that uh, separates Christianity from all other world religions. And it's this right here that we are called to love, that we are called to sacrificially love, that we're called to love our neighbor. And our neighbor could look like us, our neighbor could not. Our neighbor can vote differently than us, and we're still called to love them. Our neighbor can believe differently than us. And as Christians, as followers of Christ, we are still called to love. And God showed us this. God did not only state it, He demonstrated it in the person and work of Jesus Christ. God showed us His love in Jesus. And Jesus came and died for our sins and He died on the cross. He demonstrated God's love. And He rose from the grave so that we can experience forgiveness of sin and newness of life. God demonstrated His love to us. And I love that Paul uses the word neighbor because perhaps you can make the argument that in the verse before, Paul said that we are to serve one another, and he's talking about the audience being the church, that we are to serve each other in the church. But then by using the word neighbor, that means it's not just the church family. Of course, we're called to love in, you know, the church family, but we're also called to love our neighbor. And neighbor speaks to proximity. 
Neighbors, whoever is next to you, whoever is close to you, that is your neighbor. Not just the church family, not just other Christians. Our neighbor is whoever is closest to you. So guys, in Christ, we are free. And that freedom is not used to serve ourselves. It's not used to serve our own sinful desires. That freedom, we have the opportunity to serve others. And here's a challenge for you guys this week. Who can you demonstrate the freedom of Christ to this week? By showing them love. Who can you demonstrate the freedom of Christ by showing them love this week? It is. It's a hard one. So it's a challenge for all of us this week. Absolutely. Abs hands down. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh, what is that? Make somebody, you know, do something for somebody. Yes. Us neighbors, sometimes friends and family take advantage. That's right. She got a good heart. And everything I am going to ask of her, she is going to do because she is a crisis. Follow Yeah. So she's not going to say no. Yeah. So I could always climb that tree because I know she's going to come and get me. Yeah. And take advantage of it, isn't it? So difficult. It's so difficult. But it's the one distinctive that we have as followers of Jesus, that we have this freedom in Christ. We can drive to the moon. We got these parameters. We're going to use our freedom to love and serve each other. And that could be difficult too. Even within the church family, it's not easy. And serve our neighbor. Your neighbor is whoever is closest to you, whoever you walk by, whoever you see. So it's a challenge for us this week. How can we demonstrate the freedom of Christ by showing love to somebody this week? I want to encourage you guys with that. Hunter's going to lead us in another song, and I'm just going to pray for us. And then uh, I'll come back and I'll close this off uh, with an announcement or two. Um, but yeah, as Hunter sings us this last song, let's, let's pray. Let's pray that uh, the Lord will protect our hearts against that, that, that desire to fulfill the needs of this flesh, and that we might be able to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to, sh to demonstrate that love, to show the freedom of Christ. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would protect our hearts against the indulgence of the flesh, God. I pray that you would give us attitudes of humility so that we can serve one another, God. And I pray, God, that you would fill us with the love for your neighbor, for our neighbor, God. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you for the perfect demonstration of service and love in the person and work of Jesus Christ who served me by dying in my place for my sin, who served me by raising from the grave so that I can be forgiven, so that I can be loved, so I can be cherished, so I can be welcomed into the family of God, into the arms of our Father. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe not a familiar song, but uh, I think it's a really good song for...